Check. Praise the Lord. It's a joy to be here this morning. A very warm welcome to every one of you uh, here and those of you joining us online from home. Uh, what a blessing it is that we could come together and praise the name of the Lord this morning. Isn't it good that God has been with us all through this first month of this year? We are almost to the uh, end of the month and in another day. Uh, you know, by today we will finish this month and move into another new month. And so, praise God. Uh, it just feels like we began this year and it's already a month over now. And uh, God has been with us. Praise God. And I want to uh, remind us about um, the services. Soon after this, we have a service in Tamil at 10. And, uh, and then Sunday School for Children on Zoom at... Uh, uh, 12 o'clock uh, so remember to join uh, the uh, you know the Sunday school all of the children and those of you watching online you may also share the links uh, with others and uh, have the other children of your friend your, you know friends of your children also join and uh, they have very interesting activities planned out differently for each time each week so don't miss them um, and then we have a service in, e in the evening, we uh, live stream it online, so do join in online at 6 o'clock uh, this evening. And uh, tomorrow being the first day of the month, we have a worship service uh, and we stream it live at 7 a.m., 7 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. Uh, so do uh, plug in and join the worship service online. Um, praise God for another brand new month God has given to us. Um, we're going to quickly pray for a few needs we have among us. Uh, we'll pray for Rupin's mom. Uh, she's not been keeping well, down with cancer. We've been praying for her for quite some time. We'll also pray for uh, Pratiksha's mother-in-law, uh, who's uh, you know also going, who's going through dialysis, and she needs prayer. And uh, she went through a very critical condition. The danger is not uh, over yet, uh, but the good news is that she and um, uh, her husband, that is uh, Pratiksha's in-laws, both of them have accepted the Lord during this time. Would you say amen to that? Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. They've got rid of everything that has been uh, an abomination and they have uh, committed their life to Christ. Everything has been packed up and thrown out of the window and uh, it just happened a couple of days back. Hallelujah. And that's the one thing that Saugata was uh, uh, praying for and asking for us to pray that before she closes her eyes that she will accept the Lord and that has already happened. Praise God for that. So let's continue to be praying for a healing that uh, this healing will strengthen their faith uh, on the Lord. Continue to pray for uh, Pratiksha's in-laws and we'll also uh, remember Auntie Sophia's uh, brother Selwyn. Uh, he's been battling cancer for many, many months now and... Um, uh, he's uh, on the road to recovery we believe let's pray that God will heal him in a supernatural way and any other uh, you know prayer concerns or needs any of us have any need uh, do join in on Monday Wednesday and Friday for the night prayer that is a time when we get together and pray for one another that's a wonderful time where you have so much of support encouragement coming uh, through one another's prayer especially when we're going through a hard time in life and we all need prayer and we all face so many battles. We thank God for heal, God's healing on Sister Cynthia and also for Aradhan uh, Krisita's uh, son, that is uh, Sister Hella's uh, sister-in-law's son, 
praise God for God's uh, healing upon him. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and praise you for all of these dear ones, Lord, who are uh, going through very difficult times of sickness and uh, Lord, ups and downs in their life. Uh, we pray for Rupin's mom. We pray for your complete healing upon her and even as they, Lord, uh, have been going through treatments and Lord, uh, tests and so many things, we pray for your gracious hand to guide them and Lord, grant healing. Lord, uh, we pray that, Lord, even as they have stepped into a new commitment to, Lord, uh, walk with you, we pray that that faith will be strengthened during this time, that this will not be a time when they will lose heart, but, Lord, uh, uh, gain strength uh, by being in your presence and studying your word. We pray that you would speak to them in very significant ways. We thank you for the work or deep work that you have done in the family of Brother Saugato. We pray that you would uh, continue to, Lord, uh, touch his mom and heal her. And we pray that their faith, Lord, will continue to ro- arise and grow. And we pray that, Lord, uh, there would, uh, Lord, be the uh, good nourishment of your word in their lives. That they will, Lord, experience you uh, in a very authentic, true way in their lives, oh Father. We pray for your healing touch upon his mom. We pray that even as they go for treatment right now, we pray that uh, as they travel to CMC, we pray for your healing upon her. We also pray for Brother Selwyn. We pray, we thank you for the marvelous way that you have helped him to go through the surgery and come through. And we pray that you continue to, Lord, finish your work of healing that you have begun in his life. Uh, we thank you for healing sister Cynthia. Thank you, Lord. We believe that she's healed completely. Thank you, Father. We pray for uh, Aradhan. We thank you for the recovery that you've been giving him. We pray that you will heal him completely. And we pray that, Lord, for everyone, Lord, uh, who is sick, uh, weak, uh, Lord, who is going through tough times during this season, we pray for your hand of healing to rest upon them. And even those who are watching us online, we pray for your healing upon them. Let your name be glorified. Meet every need, O Father, financial needs. We pray for new doors to open. We pray for new businesses to open up. We pray for new ventures. We pray for, Lord, especially we also pray for new souls to be added into your kingdom, O Father. We pray that you will give us many many souls hallelujah the lost uh, lord the ones who are hurting in need and sorrow lord in trouble who are heartbroken who are been uh, lord banished by people and let down we pray that you will lord help us to reach out to them with the love of christ to comfort them and lord heal the broken hearted and lord wipe the tears of those who are grieving oh father we pray that you would lord strengthen everyone we also pray for jennifer and laura and their mom who has lost uh, lord their uh, father we pray that you would uh, comfort them oh father and be with them that you will fill up lord that space uh, lord that your presence be so real to them lord that uh, you will be the heavenly father and lord take care of their lives and lead them and comfort them oh father we thank you for everything that you have done and we pray for all that you are going to do we pray that your hand of miracle work lord will continue to rest upon us and you will make a way where there is no way thank you jesus in jesus name we pray amen Let's go into God's word this morning. Uh, we're going to be studying through the uh, gospel of Matthew for the next few weeks, uh, at least five uh, weeks uh, going forward. And uh, we went through the prophetic books uh, last year, uh, one by one, and we are grouping them uh, and we're working on categorizing and creating a playlist on YouTube so that when you go on to our church channel, you will be able to find as prophetic books and you will find all of them there. 
uh, and we're putting down the notes as well in the description so that will help you to uh, you know have the notes on hand and you will be also uh, listening able to listen and uh, learn them again uh, so we uh, on the on uh, the job of getting that categorized and uh, retitled and everything uh, that will make it easy for us uh, it will be accessible and once we are done with that we will let you know one of these weeks um, for you to go back to that and revisit it whenever you want and uh, in the similar way we will also look at the uh, gospel of Matthew and pastor has also been uh, ministering to the temple congregation and teaching uh, the gospels uh, systematically uh, it's always good to go through a systematic study of scriptures. Um, somehow we have separated Bible study as different from Sunday service preaching. Um, you know that we have to somehow have an exclusive day for a Bible study day. Those are systems and cultures that we have cultivated in the Christian world. Um, but whether we are uh, uh, having a topical sermon or an expository when what i mean by expository is uh, where we are systematically studying through a whole book we are studying scriptures and god wants us to study all of scriptures because all of scriptures are meant for our life and godliness and we need to go through every one of them including the genealogies and uh, we had dixon uh, teach us on the genealogies um, so wonderfully a uh, couple of mondays two weeks uh, um, back a week back sorry for two consecutive uh, Mondays on the significance of genealogies Old Testament and New Testament very useful uh, that's why I want to encourage every one of you to come for the uh, night prayers on Monday Wednesday and Friday uh, Sunday alone is not good enough Sunday alone is not good enough Monday Wednesday Friday uh, I know that it is a little late at night 9 to 10 and for some of us who are uh, used to going to bed early uh, might be difficult uh, but it's good to sacrifice a little bit it's not going too late into the night uh, the reason why we kept it at that time is because through the day people are working and then it's dinner time for most around 8 8 30 time and uh, so once the kitchen is wound up uh, the whole family is free <laughs> that's the only time we can find everybody kind of you know relaxing after the day's work and uh, winding up of the kitchen and so uh, I would encourage every one of you joining us online and if you want to join uh, if you don't have the link to join us online uh, please ask us text us uh, we can share the link with you uh, give us a call go on to houseofdavid.in you will find our contact details so it's important that we uh, continually come together and keep learning the scriptures the more input we have uh, the more we will experience transformation in our lives the more input we have the more we will have the confidence and the clarity and the courage to minister to others as well uh, that's why it's very important um, being a disciple of Christ we need to be good students of God's word and a good student is a good learner amen and all the students said amen <laughs> amen praise God we are lifelong learners we uh, need to commit ourselves to a lifelong uh, practice of learning uh, God's word and so this morning we're going to go into the gospel of Matthew God, Matthew's intention of uh, writing his gospel was to further establish and stabilize Peter's uh, Jewish network of churches you know Peter went as a apostle to the Jewish people and Paul went on to be the apostle uh, to the Gentiles the non-Jewish world and uh, Peter as he was ministering to Jewish communities and 
the gospel uh, needed to be written by uh, these uh, evangelists mark and matthew and luke and john all of these people because there were many traditions being uh, uh, told about uh, who is jesus and the stories about jesus you remember that those days it was all oral tradition and so uh, people would speak you know share about what they heard people would sh- share about what they saw and that's how the message of jesus was being transferred the story of jesus the life of christ and everything he did was transferred through uh, orality and even today you find uh, in many many cu- uh, cultures uh, you know subcultures even within a culture where there still education not reached many pockets you will find that orality is the way that the gospel is also being shared and so you have recorded devices like fmpb and such missions organizations have these uh, recorded uh, uh, you know devices uh, which are solar operated and i also have a bible which is a small device um, which is solar operated and um, you can fast forward you can go back and forth and the whole scripture is in oral language you know recorded and it's so because those places in many places you don't have even electricity there and um, you have such places like that in india too we've been there you know so uh, the only way people can learn the scriptures is through some of these uh, you know oral uh, you know explanation of the gospel that's how it was in the first century and so when it is an uh, oral tradition what happens is each one is telling one bit of the story or each one is highlighting one aspect of the story or in when it goes from one person to the other uh, don't you realize that when you get a phone call and you uh, talk to somebody on the phone your wife is understanding your whole conversation in a totally different way than what the conversation actually was and all the men said amen <laughs> there is misunderstanding of a story you know right within the four halls walls of the house with a woman you have lived for 20 years 30 years and then when it is told to her and then it is passed on from her to somebody else i don't want to go in pastor harry's direction about you know starting off but what happens is that the story becomes different finally you know when two three people hear a story and then tell it it becomes different but that's how it was and so mark felt the need uh, to stabilize the churches by giving a clear account of unifying the understanding in the message of the gospel and who jesus is because there was so much of fragmented uh, stories that were uh, going around and uh, remember the gospels were not written during the life of jesus uh it was not just after his lifetime it was after a whole generation it was after the epistles the letters were written after the you know jesus dies rises again ascends back into heaven the church is established and the gospel progresses to different places and the apostles are writing letters to the churches to stabilize and strengthen them in the teachings of Christ because they have lived in a certain way of life until they were saved now they are saved they've come to know Christ they ought to live a new life and uh, the apostles are teaching them discipling them raising up leaders for these churches in that process they are also writing letters whenever they could not go physically to continue to stabilize and establish them in the teachings of Christ and 
in that whole process you find that as churches began to grow and multiply and disciples grew and multiply everywhere and there were totally new leaders who have never seen Jesus a whole new generation has come who have never seen Jesus and there were few eyewitnesses of the Lord and they were also one by one fading away and so mark finds it as a need to uh, put to account uh, uh, the the birth the life the ministry the death burial resurrection of jesus and he puts down a document led by the spirit of god and then uh, upon mark's uh, gospel matthew actually builds on it and expands it even more and showing how from the old testament there is a continuity of what god is doing in this world and that's why you will find uh, matthew constantly appealing uh, to the old testament scriptures and saying how as the prophets told so it has been fulfilled you will find that repeatedly mentions in several times all through the um, gospel of matthew and so uh, here is matthew building a powerful uh, biblical exposition a teaching uh, showing uh the continuity from the old testament that's why he begins with the genealogy of uh, jesus showing jesus as the son of abraham because he was writing basically to a jewish believer audience and he, and so in uh, the gospel of matthew you will find this pattern he begins with the prologue and introduction and then you have five discourses five sections through the book of matthew five teaching ses- uh, sections through the book of matthew and then you finally find the death burial and resurrection which is in a conclusion manner so you have the bookends and then you have the middle uh, content uh, the 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 whole content of the message and so these five discourses in even in this five discourses five sections that you find in the uh, gospel of matthew you find a pattern with which matthew writes a literary pattern he uses firstly he narrates about what has happened a narrative a narration of what happened and then he would put out a sermon a teaching uh, what jesus taught what jesus did what jesus said and then you have a marker which closes that whole section and the marker goes like this when jesus finished saying these things you'll find in five different places when jesus finished saying these things and that actually helps to demarcate these five sections uh, of the uh, gospel of matthew remember this is called as a gospel of matthew so primarily he was bringing out the gospel what is the fundamental good news of the kingdom that jesus came to proclaim so the whole gospel is actually unpacked in this um you know gospel of matthew and john the baptist and jesus both of them came preaching the kingdom of heaven both of their messages was the same john the baptist started to that off and jesus picks up from john the baptist uh, not that jesus didn't have anything else to say but that was god's plan that john the baptist would come as a forerunner proclaiming the message preparing the ground the soil where jesus would come and then he continues to pick on the same theme repent for the kingdom of god is near repent for the kingdom of god is at hand this is the central core of the message of the gospel of matthew calling people to come into the kingdom and here is matthew writing to the jewish churches about coming into the kingdom and showing what this gospel of the kingdom is all about 
what does it mean to come into the kingdom what does it mean to be repenting and coming into the kingdom this is the proclamation the whole gospel uh, of matthew is a proclamation of of the good news of the kingdom if you read with me in matthew chapter 4 verses 23 to 25 you find jesus went throughout galilee teaching in their synagogues remember uh, watch this uh, carefully every word makes sense jesus went throughout galilee the jewish region teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people news about him spread all over syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases those suffering severe pain and demon possessed those having seizures and the paralyzed and he healed them large crowds from galilee the decapolis jerusalem judea and the region across the jordan followed him you find that jesus went about proclaiming the good news of the kingdom everywhere he went matthew begins with saying that after he has taken us through the uh, beginning the prologue the introduction of uh, where jesus comes from the genealogy son of abraham how he was born to joseph and mary and then he goes on to talking about uh, uh, you know how jesus went about preaching everywhere you know remember the whole idea of writing the gospel was to stabilize them in the gospel stabilize the believers in the primary gospel the good news of the kingdom and and helping them to understand how they must come into this new kingdom so as mark accounts in a similar way matthew also continues to do in the same model but expanding more but the central message is very clear here in matthew that the kingdom of god is near and so you will also find him talking about the kingdom of god repeatedly through all these five discourses the parables of the kingdom and the stories and many things actually explaining what this kingdom looks like and what the kingdom of god is all about and how we need to enter it so the central message is the kingdom that the kingdom of god is near and repent to become part of this new kingdom now the first discourse that we're going to be talking about the first discourse that we're going to address or take up this morning is chapters 5 6 and 7 which is essentially or uh, primarily called popularly known as a sermon on the mount or the beatitudes Now to whom was this spoken the bible clearly says in chapter 5 and verse 1 that when jesus saw the crowds he went up on a mountain side and sat down and his disciples came to him and he began to teach them so it was both the crowds and the disciples they were all there and uh, he begins to speak to them about the kingdom and look at from verses 1 to 11 blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of god blessed are those who persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you you find these are the blessing statements the blessing statements and normally these are used uh, in churches and for people of god as uh, to explain to them that uh, as if to say that 
these are the main teachings of Jesus and uh, these are the moral ethical teachings of Jesus and if you just uh, practice this you that's good enough you know that's the way very often the beatitudes are focused and these 11 verses are focused but it is not just with this 11 it is a whole body of teaching that we need to consider to understand what Jesus was conveying as coming into the kingdom of God means and to that he explains this he begins to teach you see there was a narration before uh, and then you find here is the the sermon itself the term blessed literally means to be fortunate or happy you find blessed 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 the word blessed what does the word blessed mean in the word blessed means to be fortunate or to be happy a person who is you know fortunate who has received much who's happy in his life blessed simple understanding right but when it comes to the historical context of israel the word blessed has been used by god and god has proclaimed blessing on his people and so to understand the word blessed we cannot just take the webster's dictionary alone it helps us a little bit but we also need to go back to the historical context of in what sense God used the word blessed and when he said you are blessed what did he mean in the scriptures because remember Matthew is writing from the old testament he's showing the continuity and so when anything that God Jesus is also speaking he's also always basing his teaching and everything on the scriptures meaning the old testament the old covenant uh, which is a set of instructions that were given to the people of Israel for them to follow to be the people of God that they may be a light to the nations that's why God gave the law and the prophets that they will be the people of God by practicing them and so when we use the word when we're reading the word blessed we need to go back to the old testament to see in what sense what did God mean so the historical context of Israel needs to be looked at to the two people of Israel when God used the word blessed what did he mean and the word blessed was also used in the context of God communicating with the covenant people remember Israel was a people with whom God made a covenant a promise an agreement where he said he will be faithful to them and they he expected them to be faithful to him and so as a covenant people as his people as his own chosen people he has communicated to them using the word blessed you will be blessed and so you go back to the history and you find in the history it's not just historically used to say oh in that year it was used but to a certain kind of people and the word was used in a certain relationship with the people you get what I'm talking about when you use a certain word and you are in a certain relationship with a certain person it means very differently well you can say I love all Indians that means in a certain sense but when you say I love my husband I love my son there's a certain difference in the relationship but you use the same word you get what I'm talking about and so words mean very differently in different contexts and in different relationships and so you're talking about God using the word blessed upon his people in the context of a relationship with them a covenant relationship right and not only just a covenant but they were a covenant kingdom also and where he was king over their lives 
and a kingdom that he promised to establish uh, he made them to become a kingdom of a people a, a whole kingdom and he was also going to usher in a kingdom he gave them a promise that they are his people a kingdom of priests and they are blessed as a covenant people and so what does it mean to be blessed in that context you have to go back to deuteronomy 28 and 29 we're not going to read those passages right now we don't have time those are whole chapters that you will have to read deuteronomy 28 and 29 the blessings that will come upon you the blessings that will come upon you what how when when you obey curses that will come upon his people if they disobey he gives them laws he gives them the teachings and he tells them if you obey you will be blessed in such a such a manner because i have made a covenant with you and you are you know my people and this is a kingdom i have established and i am promising to uh, extend your kingdom forever and ever and i will be king over your lives and you will uh, be the kingdom that will proclaim the light the good news to the world and you are blessed people if you obey and so that is the context in which jesus is using the word blessed as a kingdom people if you need to come into the kingdom you are to be a blessed people a people who will obey a people who will follow god and then you will be blessed as his kingdom people and these are the blessings if you will obey them if you will follow them and so the one who is blessed will become part of god's kingdom which has come now which has come near come enter into this kingdom and you will be blessed that's the call that he is giving here the blessings of those who are part of the kingdom and this is how he is pronouncing the blessing when he says blessed what are the blessings that he is pronouncing here blessings are listed here in verses 3 to 11 theirs is the kingdom of heaven they will be comforted they will inherit the earth look at each verse they will receive mercy they will see god they will be called the children of god reward your great is your reward This is how you will be blessed when you are part of the kingdom of God. Yours is a kingdom. God will give you the kingdom. You will be comforted. You will inherit the earth. You will receive mercy. You will see God. You will be called the children of God. The reward that you receive will be great. That's how he is blessed. his kingdom people hallelujah he's calling people to come into the kingdom and when you come into the kingdom this is how he has cho- chosen to bless his people but how does one get into this blessing position how can i be in a position where i can be blessed this way such a person who desires to be blessed this way must position himself or herself by repentance because the central message of jesus was repent for the kingdom of god is near repent and you will come into the kingdom and when you come into the kingdom this is how you are going to be blessed what must you do to repent what is repentance actually it is not just only confession of sins sometimes we have uh, understood repentance to be just confession it does not end with confession it begins with confession but it is to feel remorse 
is not just to say oh i have acknowledged all of these sins i have mentioned all of these sins it's not like so much like uh, how you go to a priest in certain denominations and confess you know the confessions in a small you know exclusive isolated spot where you confess to the priest and by the way the priest does not have any authority to forgive man's sins only jesus has all authority to forgive people's sins it's not that kind of just confession and then go back on monday and do the same sin father i drank too much last night at a party in perambo <laughs> because i was dancing <laughs> and drinking so tomorrow morning <laughs> you know i go and confess at church and then next saturday night again the same dance happens in the <laughs> you know in the railway <laughs> dance hall and then go back and drink again and do the same thing again like sunday morning that's not how you know jesus is talking about repentance not just confession alone yes it involves confession if you confess your sins he is faithful and just to forgive us yes he forgives us when we confess but repentance involves remorse repentance involves change of mind repentance involves change of direction change of lifestyle attitude perspectives and action that's true repentance and so how does one get into this blessing position it is by repentance and repentance as i said is not just limited to confession but a complete turn around attitudes perspectives and actions have to change that's exactly what jesus was driving at after this prelude in the sermon on the mount the blessing statements jesus goes on to expand on that by picking up 10 different topics which he addresses in chapter 6 and 7 about how what true repentance is all about and so he would say it was said to you but now i say unto you it was told it was written this is how you understood the law this is how you understood the teachings of the old testament but i say unto you you've just been only looking at keeping the law by the letter of the law thou shalt not commit adultery oh i have not committed adultery but he goes on to pick that up and says but if you look at a woman with lust the intention of the law is not just adultery it is also it is primarily it is the heart the lust the inward sin that is inside and he would go and pick up and show to the disciples and the crowds the intent behind the law the spirit in which the law was written pursue the spirit of the law and not just the letter of the law and when you just pursue the letter of the law you can interpret the law whichever way you want that's what simply happens in most of the courts of law each judge will interpret the same law in a different way but the judge has to do the noble job of interpreting the law in the spirit of the law in the intention of the law what is the heart behind the law what is the purpose behind the law that has to be interpreted yes not committed adultery but then always flirting around with many people yes maybe may not have married but then hanging out with many others who's not a person's wife what happens that is also condemned in the law but that's the spirit of the law that was conveniently left behind because you can just say oh i didn't technically i didn't make any mistake i have not committed adultery i still live with my wife but then can be committing a lot of adulterous living get what i'm talking about that's how jesus was talking about repentance that's the kind of change of attitude perspective and action he wanted to see in them 
and so that was the if you have to come into the kingdom you need to pursue not just the letter of the law but go and look at the in the spirit of the law look at it at its at its principle level what is the principle behind it it is just is it just about you know uh, having a second wife technically having another house technically is it just that or is it a lust in the heart for somebody else's and that's where in the 10 commandments god says in the last command you shall not covet covet not just commit adultery even covet which involves the heart the intention the attitude the perspective the action and so the call for repentance so we saw the blessings of those who will come into the kingdom but how does he want us to repent what is the act of repentance that he's speaking about in the first 11 verses blessed are the poor in spirit repentance comes by when a person is broken in the spirit not having a haughty spirit but poor in spirit humble at heart blessed are those who mourn those who are mourning for their sins and blessed are those who are meek who are humbling themselves before god you see normally we look at all of these to be uh, ethical and moral values that we live outside in relation with other people but it is not just ethical and moral values that we uh, display with in relationship with other people but it is act of repentance that he is speaking about primarily calling people to come into the kingdom when you look at the larger context it is about being broken in the spirit not having a haughty proud spirit it's about being mourning blessed are those who mourn blessed are those who are meek who are humbling themselves before god who are hungering and thirsting for god's righteousness and this way of just living by the letter of the law gave them a sense of self righteousness a self righteousness oh i have not committed adultery but look at that fellow he is an adulteress look at the tax collector he is extorting money i am not but what would this teacher of the law who is teaching and who thinks that he is more righteous than them what does he do when people come into the temple he uses another currency and makes them to change the currency when they have to buy animals for sacrifice and he started off a money exchange business there in the outer courts where the gentiles have to come and not allowing the gentiles to come but putting out all these stalls outside and doing business and turning the house of god into a den of thieves that's what the teacher of the law has done but maybe he has not committed adultery technically but he's swindling money he's making business making money in, in the house of god he's turned the church into business you know you can run uh, a business as church or you can run church as business <laughs> you know that that's how they were doing it they were making milking out of the people and they would bring a lamb and they would say find some flaw in the lamb and say oh you know that small spot is there this is not good enough but we have the pure lamb here you uh, buy you know the lamb here for sacrifice and so if you have to buy lamb you can't use the outside uh, roman currency you have to use the temple currency the shekel so change exchange the currency make commission out of that and then sell this lamb also make money out of that this is why when jesus came he took the whip and chased all of them out because they were occupying the place that was meant for the gentiles to come in into the house of god the outer courts and they filled it up and made it into a den of thieves and so he chased them out turned the tables and whipped them 
and he cleansed the temple first the cleansing began with the temple and so when the gospel writers are writing they're writing to the churches so that they will come into the kingdom of god the right way they will understand what it means to come and embrace the kingdom it means to repent and repentance involves being poor in spirit mourning for their sins and being meek and humbling themselves before god hungering and thirsting for god's righteousness and not to live by their own self righteous standards which they have created for themselves and being merciful to others and having a pure heart and being a peacemaker and allowing and being ready to be persecuted when they accept jesus the jewish elders and leaders will persecute them the nation will turn against them being willing to be persecuted for that jesus saying you jewish people if you are willing to do all of that then you will come into my kingdom then you will come into my kingdom and so a person who repents is not in a proud state like the nation of israel but a humble meek poor in spirit person grieving over their sin who's genuinely seeking righteousness of god and saying i am not righteous i am not good enough i need god's righteousness and he's he's repenting for his sin truly uh, you know and is merciful to everyone he's a peacemaker is ready to be persecuted for their change of thinking and for following christ such a person enters the kingdom of heaven such a person is truly repenting such a person is truly entering the kingdom of god that is the first thing that we're looking at right now the first one we're looking at is an introduction to the sermon verses 5 chapter 5 verses 1 to 11 we've been talking about the introduction to the sermon and then we now secondly going to look at the conclusion of the sermon or maybe you're wondering what happened to the middle section the body of the sermon we'll come back to that the introduction is jesus calling them to repentance in such a manner where there is such a repentance meaning is several the several changes in attitude and perspectives when then the person truly enters the kingdom of heaven such a person inherits the blessings mentioned from verses 3 to 11 and the conclusion in that first discourse of jesus is in chapter 7 verses 13 to 20 chapter 7 verses 13 to 20 the conclusion we're looking at the bookends first the opening and the closing and jesus is using here in chapter 7 13 to 29 in the conclusion of the sermon three metaphors which represents the three responses to the sermon three metaphors he's using one is the narrow gate narrow gate at the broad wide gate the wide gate leads to destruction narrow gate leads to eternal life meaning you if you stay with the nation of israel and how they interpret the law and you want to earn their goodwill and you don't want to turn against them you will go through the broad gate where the law is interpreted in such a manner where they say oh as according to the letter of the law i have not committed sin you can just justify yourself like that but if you actually go to the spirit of the law then you come to a deeper repentance and commitment which means that you will live a life in total contradiction to the rest of the crowds for them it will be all right to do many things but for you it will not be all right and so you will be turning your back from following the jewish leaders who are actually not teaching the right way and if you want to follow me you will be turning your back on your leaders and they will 
you know begin to get upset with you and start persecuting you and so that's the broad way that will lead to destruction but if you have want to choose a narrow way the narrow way leads to life and that is to follow Christ which involves repentance which involves change of attitude perspectives and secondly he's talking about the tree that produces good fruit and bad fruit a good tree produces good fruit bad tree bad fruit a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot tree cannot produce good fruit so by your fruit by their fruit you will know them and many will say to me finally on that day lord lord did we not prophesy in your name did we not cast out demons in your name and the lord say will say i will i never knew you what is he t- talking about there he's basically saying it's not just about those who use my name or those who say i follow christ i follow god's word but it's about those who will bring a different message like mine the message that they were preaching is like as long as you are giving your tithes and offerings everything is fine that's the way it was addressed they were not dealing with the sin of the nation the people the jewish leaders the god the, the religious leaders of the day were not dealing with their own sin and with the sin of the people and with the falsehood and the hypocrisy and that's what jesus would constantly point and expose the hypocrisy and so jesus is telling here but if you it's not about just you know saying that i also belong to christ it's about what kind of a message that you believe and teach they who have taught the leaders they would say i cast out demons the jewish leaders are also doing exorcism casting out demons and all of that god had given them the grace for that too but you know what happened they were preaching a different message not like what jesus preached that's why in the finishing ending statement in the last verse of chapter 7 they would jesus uh, matthew records by saying when jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed because they saw that he spoke as one who had authority not like their jewish leaders jesus was preaching a different message the test is not if they use the name of jesus the test is if the message is the same as jesus's message that's what jesus was telling through the second metaphor the tree and its fruit are they preaching a, the same message as mine or are they just using my name and so to respond to the call to repentance we need to be people ready to enter through the narrow gate even if we have to say no to the rest of the crowds and turn our backs on them and to popular thinking and ideas that's true repentance that's how we respond in repentance and then if we not just use the name but we speak the same message of jesus and follow the same message and the teaching of jesus in the spirit of how he said it and the third metaphor used there is a house on a foundation foundation both houses have a foundation one has a rock one has sand the one who hears this sermon this whole sermon 5 to chapter 5 to 7 you heard this whole sermon now he's not finished with the sermon on the mount remember up to chapter 7 if you heard this whole sermon this body of teaching about repentance what it means to truly repent it's not just confession but have a change of mind have remorse have change of attitude and perspectives about the law and how you follow it how you practice it when you repented of all of that 
you hear these sermons and you repent and that's a repentance is a serious well thought through repentance rejecting the false system that was set up by the jewish leaders and turning to follow christ if you repent then you are like a house built on the on the rock and not on the sand this is how he wants us to respond to the sermon which jesus preached in calling us to come into his kingdom by choosing the narrow way and not just claiming to say the name of jesus but knowing and learning and practicing the same message of jesus not a different one not a one that is comfortable to listen to not a one that is fine you know as long as i am just giving my tithes and offerings as long as i am just doing my religious duty no that's how the religious leaders of the day were teaching but to truly have a change of attitude perspectives and action and thirdly to repent based on all that you heard and to have a serious thought and change of mind and a well thought through repentance rejecting the false system of self righteousness embracing christ and his teaching then you fully repented truly repented and truly entered the kingdom of god hallelujah that was a conclusion of the sermon and to this the crowds and the disciples said when jesus has finished teaching these things matthew records he spoke as one who had authority and the crowds were amazed we've never heard a teaching like this we just thought if i just do my duty if i just carry on the traditions that's fine thirdly we'll go into the content of the sermon the content of the sermon is chapter 5 verse 21 to 621 521 to 621 what jesus is doing in this whole section as he preaches is clarifying the twisting of the old testament let me repeat that what jesus is doing here in 521 to 621 is clarifying the twisting of the old testament and so jesus would say you have heard it was said can we read that probably one example matthew chapter 6 or 5 verse 21 you have heard that it was said to the people long ago you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment but i tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment again anyone who says to brother or sister raka there is uh, in aramaic it is a word of contempt you know a word of hatred you know anyone who says to a brother or sister raka is answerable to the court and anyone who says you fool will be danger of the fire of hell so jesus is saying you have heard it was said clarifying hey you heard it but how did you understand what you hear in what way was it told to you you shall not murder but then you can hate a gentile you can hate a fellow brother you be good to me i will be good to you you be bad to me i will be bad to you that is how it was understood you shall not murder alone but jesus is saying that and saying it that's the letter of the law you have been understanding in the letter of the law that's how it has been taught but i am bringing it to you in the intention of the law why it was given what sense it was given what is the spirit of the law you should not even hate 
you should not even be angry you should not call them fool and that person will be subject to the danger of hellfire therefore if you have an offering if you're offering your gift on the altar verse 23 and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you leave your gift there oh as long as i can just go give the offering even if i hate everybody else i've given the offering to god so god will bless me that was the understanding of the law they were going by the letter of the law but god is saying no no if you have a problem a relationship problem with another person when you come and give your offering no don't leave the offering at the altar before you offer to god go first reconcile to them and then come and offer your gift settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison truly i tell you you will not get out until you have paid the last penny you're going to pay a big price if your heart is not right what jesus is saying here you're going to pay a big price if your heart is not right maybe you didn't commit murder but then you have hatred you have contempt you have anger so jesus is ex- exposing and clarifying the meaning of the law one by one we don't have time to read every one of them i would like to encourage every one of you to go home and read the whole of the sermon on the mount from chapter 1 to chapter 7 read it in one sitting and read it through the week you will understand more it will become clearer and clearer here you get the basic ideas and then go read it again several times and then listen to the message if you can again that will help you to understand better and so they were following the letter of the law and not the original intention of the covenant of the old testament they turned the law into a legalistic system that produced self righteousness rather than true faith and relationship with god which would produce true righteousness it was just a religious duty that they were doing and truly not having a relationship with christ and the way they followed the law was just in a legalistic sense or so technically i have not done uh, anything wrong it says don't murder i have not murdered but then i have done many things that can actually make that other person even commit suicide which is equivalent to being a cause for the murder <laughs> you get what i'm talking about i've been angry i've been hateful i've been so showing so much contempt on the other person that i've actually driven driven the other person to almost a suicidal tendency which is equivalent to me murdering them but that aspect has been missed out i have not committed murder this is saying no no you have to understand the right with the right attitude and the perspective has to change amen that's the content of the sermon on the mount every one of them when he's talking about murder he's asking people to forgive the ones whom they have a problem with whom they have to reconcile with when he's talking about adultery he's talking about truly being faithful to their spouse he's talking about divorce He's talking about a permanency in the relationship where a person does not divorce for any and everything. There's a permanency in marriage. When he's talking about oaths, when you promise something, fulfill it. He's talking about true commitments. When he's talking about retaliation, don't uh, retaliate, don't uh, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Don't do that. 
he's talking about turning the other cheek going the extra mile he's talking about sharing with others when he's talking about enemies he's saying it was said love your uh, friends and hate your enemies but i tell you no love your enemies he's talking about love when he's talking about giving to god he's talking about sincere giving let not your right hand know what your left hand is doing sincerely not just as a matter of uh, just duty and when he's talking about prayer he's the lord's prayer it's not just separately somewhere the lord's prayer came in from he's talking about prayer he's talking about seeking the kingdom he said thy will be done thy kingdom come father in heaven let your kingdom come and he's talking about prayer seek and pray for the kingdom of god to come that's the essence of the lord's prayer he's talking about fasting it's not just talking about fasting so that people will see outside that i have been fasting but truly seeking god and he's talking about you know money and he's talking about all of that he's giving he's talking about investing in the kingdom so basically jesus is helping them to understand clarifying the twisting of the old testament to change our minds about what god expects from us not just to have an external form but true internal transformation of attitude perspectives and action that is how we can truly walk as kingdom people that is what it truly means to be in the kingdom of god that is what it truly means to have had repentance hallelujah hallelujah maybe at one time when we came to christ we just followed jesus because he did a miracle for us because he met a need because he solved a problem because he healed our sickness that's how we entered the kingdom of god praise god for that that god worked a miracle in our life and through that we came to know him through that we began to have faith in him but now we have come into the kingdom of god we need to be well stabilized and established in what repentance is all about what it is to be in the kingdom of god means what have i repented for i've repented from just religious duties and traditions but i've repented to follow jesus in the spirit of the law and what he's saying according to his teachings and so there he uses four metaphors of how to live a transformed life he speaks of a healthy eye he speaks of serving two masters he's speaking about uh, how he feeds the birds of the air and how we need to seek the kingdom how he speaks about the log in the person's eye and that big looks big while you have one in your own eye speaking about how we need to have a different look and eyesight uh, not have false religiosity one eye is you know when the eye is bad the whole body is bad we have a holy inside holy heart holy perspective we serve him not two masters we have birds speaking about birds of the air how he clothes them how he feeds them how he meets their need speaking about how he wants us to serve and seek his kingdom invest into his kingdom focus on his kingdom work and not to be judging others when there is a log in our own eye we solve our problems and deal with our issues of life and not be judging others all the time based on our standards that's what they were doing all of these factors involved in the repentance process in the change of heart in the change of life change of attitude perspectives and action needs to change and this entire reasoning and clarification that jesus gives hinges on this one statement 
the entire reasoning and clarification that Jesus gives hinges on this one statement that Jesus makes in Matthew 7 verse 12. Read that. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Remember, Jesus says he has not come to abolish the law, but actually to fulfill the law. This sums up the law and the prophets. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up. If we just follow this one principle, you will be able to cover all of the teachings and you will live as a kingdom person. According to the true sense of what the law implies. In its spirit, with a different attitude, different perspectives and having different action. Do to others what you would have them do to you. What would I do? What would I expect if I were to be in that other person's place? What will I expect for others to do to me if I was there in their place? This is the kind of repentance that is needed. It does not end with confession of sin alone. His call was to reject the entire false system of Judaism and embrace the true intent of the teaching of the Old Testament. That was a repentance that was required to enter into the kingdom of heaven. This sermon intended to bring about repentance which is the path into the kingdom. A repentance that would open the door for them to have a path into the kingdom. This kind of repentance is a path into the kingdom. This is the narrow way that they have to enter. And so the questions I want to ask us this morning is this. Are we living a superficial Christian life like the Jewish people based on some rules and regulations without a true relationship with Christ? Are we living a superficial Christian life like the Jewish leaders who say, oh, I do all my duties correctly. I read the Bible, I pray, I give my offering. I, give, I do everything correctly. Are we just living a superficial Christian life based on just some rules and regulations without a true relationship with Christ, just doing them as a duty? Number two, have we experienced a process of repentance? I say, I use the word very intentionally. Have we experienced a process of repentance, not just one time event of repentance. Have you experienced a process of repentance which is to turn away from a false sense of righteousness, self-proclaimed self-righteousness. I am a good person. I have not done anything bad to anybody. I am right always. Are we, have we experienced a process of repentance which is to turn away from such a false of self-proclaimed self-righteousness and embrace the true intent of Christ's teachings on the Sermon on the Mount? Have we turned away from a, have we experienced a true process of repentance where we have embraced Christ, Christ's teachings which he has given on the Sermon on the Mount? In the spirit of the law. That I would do to others. What I would have them do to me. This sums up the law and the prophets. Is that the way I live? Is that the kind of attitude I have? Is that the kind of perspective with which I see everything and I deal with people? Is that the way I act? And if we do, we have 
actually gone through a process of repentance and sometimes that process of repentance can even a long down, drawn process where we could allow the spirit to constantly shape our lives and as we meditate on the word of god and read and study god's word it shapes and changes and transforms our lives have you experienced a process of repentance turning away from a false sense of righteousness and pursuing the true intent of Christ's teachings on the sermon on the mount the third question do you want to change in attitude perspectives and action do we want to change in attitudes in perspectives and in action amen hallelujah if you say amen to that so be it unto you amen hallelujah this is what jesus was calling the crowds and the disciples to to embrace the gospel and matthew is recording writing it to the churches the jewish believers that they would be stabilized well in the gospel and this morning the important matter the fact of the matter is that we need to be well established in this gospel this new way of life is not just to put on a christian culture it is not just to have a form of godliness it is not just about attending a church service it is not just about supporting some ministry through our giving all these things are good but it is about embracing christ's teachings rejecting the popular patterns of the world and the religious world also turning our backs on it with a new attitude new perspectives and new action hallelujah doing to others as we would have them do to us this sums up all the law and the prophets hallelujah what a powerful message in this first discourse of jesus which matthew records may we embrace this gospel with a process of repentance take time through this week go through these passages read them again and again and may we experience a process of repentance and fully and truly embrace the gospel and be stabilized and well established in it hallelujah that we may be the salt and the light which jesus says in chapter 5 let your good works so shine let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the father in heaven it is not talking about charity normally the moment we use the word good works we think of charity we think of taking care of the poor of course which involves that too we have been giving out i think many of you have been doing that giving out blankets to homeless people on the streets and if you have not started doing that please do 99 rupees only per piece at more supermarket <laughs> you can stop by keep it in your car or take it in a bag keep going down the streets and as you go to office or anywhere outside stop by find somebody give it out they'll have a small bag baggage and a little bit of clothes and sitting there on the street give it out to them you know what joy you'll find on their face when you give it out to them we've been doing that you can do that those are good works which have we have to do we have to care for the poor but that is not just the gospel the gospel involves shining our light 
and shining our light meaning we be the salt and the light which comes through by act of repentance change of attitudes perspectives and action doing to others as we would have them do to us through that we shine the light they may see our good lives our good families good homes good works that we do and glorify the father in heaven hallelujah so i pray that we will truly have a transformation in our life and receive the blessings that jesus pronounced on the mountain hallelujah hallelujah the law was pronounced on mount sinai blessings were pronounced on mount the sermon on the mount hallelujah if you keep that the blessings on the mountain will come upon you hallelujah hallelujah things flow down from the mountain to us amen jesus bless you this morning may god bless you shall we pray and commit ourselves and say yes lord we want to fully embrace the gospel as a path into your kingdom that you as you have taught we want to repent and we want to say we will do everything as you expect as we would have others do to us and we pray during the season that we will lord read the scriptures deeply and through a process of transformation and deepening our relationship with you that we will be truly the salt and the light that people will see our good works and glorify the father in heaven father we pray for changed hearts changed attitudes changed perspectives and changed action father we pray for everyone who is watching us online also we pray that your spirit and your word will minister to them as well we pray for every one of us seated here that your spirit and your word richly dwell upon every one of us we commit ourselves in your hands oh god bless your people help us to deepen our lives in the scriptures in the word of god in the teaching we give you all the glory honor and praise in jesus mighty name we pray amen